0: When you're roasting coffee, there's, there's quite a few chemical reactions that take place. And there's different ways that you break up the roasting process. Um, the first, like, the way that you know the coffee is, let's say, at its very minimum light roast where it to go, is what we call first crack. Get inspired. Transform your life. Welcome to Best Interest Radio.
1: Hi everybody, as some of you may know, I lost over 100 pounds and transformed my life in a lot of different ways. And since then, it's become my mission to help other people do the same. I'm looking for three more clients who are ready to transform their life in whatever aspect. I'm also launching a group program called The Mindset of Weight Loss, which is focused on my ebook. So if this interests you, please reach out, send me an email, message me on Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Check out the link in the description to find out more. Okay, so today on the podcast we have Connor Conway, and that's an awesome name, by the way. Oh, thank sure, you. I'm sure you get that all the time. I don't know. It just flows well together. Anyways, Connor Conway is the owner of. Is it pronounced Epoch or Epic?
0: We do Epic. They're both proper, but Epic is how we we it. Okay, to so
1: those a lot of people probably in, in, mispronounce it and call it Epoch because we did at first for sure. But I know it's called Epic, and it's definitely like an epic place to be. Um, for those listening who have never heard of it before or a place like it um, they do coffee tasting which is you know a little bit out of the ordinary from what I've heard from like I've never heard of it in my life till Connor opened up his business like what was it a year or two now
0: yeah June 2020
1: Oh, June 2020 mm-hmm. cool yeah and uh, yeah so you, you basically go in there um, and Connor is the lovely host along with you probably have a couple other people that do it now too mm-hmm. And they brew like the same roast of coffee um, in like four or five different ways. And you, they teach you all about coffee, and like you notice and test all the different like ways of brewing. Like it, it just adds like a. Each way of brewing is like a different flavor and different way to experience the coffee itself. So, I mean. In the same way, like a wine connoisseur notice, notices like the subtle differences of, in wine and like somebody who likes beer will notice the subtle differences there and stuff. Like coffee, coffee's a, a big thing. So
0: and, and coffee can be complicated too. Something I didn't realize, you know, we try and take what is complicated and make it more approachable and digestible for somebody at home. And, yeah. and this model was not like we didn't set out with this in mind. Really, it was, a, I call it a necessity for us to open a tasting room. Where I thought it was going to be, you know, a year previous to that, when we had the the concept of opening a coffee business in Moncton, uh, it was to fill a gap. There wasn't any specialty coffee here. There wasn't any coffee that was really pushing the boundaries of what ethical, how we interpret ethical coffee. And uh, I thought it was going to be as simple as bringing great coffee, putting the doors, putting a sign in the window, and we'd be off to the races. And... We found people getting really confused why, like, coffee might be acidic, why it might have a fruity note to it, why the why it doesn't smell like tobacco or burnt. And uh, that was really where we wanted to, I had this moment of fear in, in, in June 2020 when I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I need to find a way to actually have people slow down, take time to understand what they're tasting, and really bring them on that journey with us. And the tasting room started with only, it actually came about when I had a, uh, two friends of ours, to sit right at the bar with, with myself and my, uh, my business partner, Zach. And uh, I did a very long version of probably three hours of us talking about coffee. And one of the ladies said, she's like, you should just do this. Like, this is the business. So we were reservation only for almost a year where we didn't have a single like, open hours, nothing. We just, you had to book with us online, over the phone. And uh, it gave a really controlled environment for, for COVID where yeah. we could really space people differently. We could have a different approach with it. And it's really blossomed into uh, like I, would say like arguably we're one of the industry leaders in, in bringing even a small community like Moncton to understanding what great coffee can be and how they can make it at home. As opposed to me hoping for your five dollars every lunchtime, I'd rather you know give you a bag of coffee a week and teach you how to make it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you must have really opened up the door for a lot of people who like don't really know much about coffee. Eh? Cause me, myself, I mean, I come in here and I, I kind of already knew a lot about coffee, and I still learned some things. And uh, so I'm sure you probably get a lot of people who just know nothing and they're like, wow, like I had no idea coffee was like this.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think one of the biggest points that always blew my mind was that people didn't know coffee is a fruit. Like coffee mm. is literally a fruit plant that yeah. we are taking a seed out of, roasting, brew, grinding, and brewing. And for a long time, that was like the big wow. I remember Even still, when I say that in the tasting room, you'd see half the group be like, I didn't know that. That's unbelievable. Did you know that? It's a fruit. And it starts making sense why there is acidity, why there is for lack of a better word fruity notes to a coffee yeah, yeah. it literally is a fruit yeah. and it's fun I, i've done some tastings and uh, my team will test this all the time where we have to switch pretty quickly i'll be talking to somebody and you realize that oh shit they know what they're talking about like this is someone who also knows coffee they're starting from from point zero and we'll quickly escalate the level of geek we can go to yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. uh if you want to talk about just water extraction let's let's do that let's focus on <laughs> on total dissolved solvents and let's focus on water for an hour and a half but doesn't always go that way, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends who's, who's in the room. Yeah. So so how do they discover coffee? Do you know this answer? How they discovered it? Yeah, yeah. That- I have heard a couple like lures. There's like some okay. there's some okay. tales okay. of where it is. Let's talk about them. Well, I think one of the main ones and it's it's done uh, Starbucks promotes this one too is like the the dancing goats. Okay. So it's an Ethiopian farmer who saw that his goats were eating these cherries and they would become more animated and the story is he like sits under a tree and these cherries fall into his glass of hot water and they steep and then he gets more more active from there. I I I have trouble believing that they just sort of like saw dancing goats and wanted to eat fruit. I think there was probably a, a longer lineage of them breaking something down, but that's like the the, yeah. the origin story, if you if I if I understand
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one too. I, I'm not sure if I remember hearing that they were like dancing goats, but I just heard like straight up they, they just saw their goats eating them. Like their goats were attracted to them, and maybe they just had more energy and they're like, hey, let's let's try this too. I mean, a lot of things that we've actually discovered. In the world that has been
0: like just from observing animals and oh, stuff. Oh, totally! I I love what I think was so cool about coffee, and uh, it, it goes along with my passion for music too. I'm like, I'm very into history and seeing what happened afterwards. The next six seven hundred years was for me like a really. I did a lot of research on that because how how coffee in the Yemenese empire operated through through Islam and the spread of Islam throughout the Middle East, and uh, it's fascinating. It was it was really honoured and honed in there and then it didn't spread to anywhere else in the world and then pretty much within a hundred years it went everywhere. It basically broke through the m empire. They have a couple of stories that are going to India through a man named Babu Badan or going to uh, the coffee houses of Turkey in Europe and then uh, it comes to the new world in the 1700s and it's uh, it's so cool to see that and then you, you can really track a lot about culture and the geopolitical stuff happening through coffee.
1: Yeah and it's been like such a source of inspiration for so many different creators and businesses like all throughout time like as i remember reading from michael pollan's book which we were Mm -hmm. talking about before we started like um yeah like just how it was such an influence for a lot of different like famous composers and stuff like there was one i don't know if you remember from the book or if you even read the book you just heard snippets you said i heard snippets of it yeah so there's this one um music composer god forbid i can't remember the name but uh, I guess he, like, just lived off coffee. And, like, he would just, like, drink, like, sludge. Like, just hot water. And, like, drink the grinds and everything. Like, morning to night. And you said it, like, it's what gave him his, like, I don't know, creative
0: power, I guess. I, I, I'm i trying to who that is because it's on the tip of my tongue. I do, I knew, I know exactly what you're referring to right it's now. It's a
1: ridiculous amount of There's
0: coffee. a few other people, too. Like, there's a couple... Um... I, I call them delightful weirdos in the in the classical music composition scene where they would have like only grind like 41 beans for their coffee. I think I, I think Einstein was oh, really? actually, he like ground 41 beans for every cup of coffee he did. Oh, really? It was like meticulous. I love it? that. It's well, like... yeah.
1: And these days, like the new way of doing that is just me- is weighing it, right?
0: Totally. And right. And, and, and weight is actually, um, like we always recommend using scales and like I always, this is one we, we toss up, you know, we, we try not to be too forceful in how we sell here because We want to help people on their journey and not not assume that everyone can afford the $5,000 coffee setup that it might actually take to to brew great coffee consistently. But scales, oh my gosh, they make life easier. Holy jumping. Yeah, because, you know, coffee beans are different sizes. They have different densities, different weights. Just knowing you need 20 grams to extract 350 or 340, that's very simple for me. Like this coffee we're drinking right now, it's a beautiful Kenyan coffee. It's a a bit of a bigger varietal of coffee. Like they physically are larger. And then she roasted it super light, so it has a bit more density to it. Like, if we counted 41 beans, it would not be the same every time compared to a different coffee we might pull out.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. So you're saying that depending on the roast, you um,
0: you adjust the grind size? Oh, yeah. Even even depending on the varietal. Okay. You know, it's... Um, and, and also extraction method. Extraction method will generally dictate what zone I'm going into yeah. for, for that, and then from there it's pretty easy. Sorry about that.
1: Oh, no problem. So it's glitch, a glitch in the matrix. Someone call Someone else's
0: action. Not even my phone. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> someone else's phone. Yeah. It's funny. They didn't have their coffee yet. They no, exactly. The they had, they had, they had, yeah,
0: no. So it's uh, the scale makes it a lot easier for us to figure that out just in terms of recipe. Grind yeah. size, like that, oh my gosh. That I love that question because I, I have to slow myself down because I get excited. And I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how do you like coffee to taste? Yeah. That will also help me dictate how we're going to grind coffee for you.
1: Yeah. Because we
0: could, for this method, we made a pour over a little bit earlier and... For this pour over, if you prefer more bitter coffee, more astringent coffee, well, we can do that by grinding a little bit finer, maybe using maybe a little bit less water, maybe pouring a little bit slower. If we want maybe more tea like, we're going to grind coarser, we're going to have more sweetness in the cup. There's all these little things. So I'll often chat with somebody about what they actually enjoy in their coffee. Yeah. And then from there, we'll, we'll start tracing a recipe back for them.
1: Yeah, cool. And I guess like the grind size, so- having a consistent grind size for when you
0: do brew coffee at home, like it makes it more. Consistent for the taste? Oh, absolutely. We're we're extracting a plant material. Yeah. You know, if if they're all different sizes, they're gonna extract at different rates. Where this is gonna be if we're all uniform and it's beautiful in there, it's gonna hopefully, in theory, extract identically. So we're not gonna get inconsistencies in our cup. Which a lot of time it's like it it feels dry. Like that's the best way to put it. Like Mm -hmm. I'll get like either dry or astringent, sour, salty notes, depending on what actually comes out from an inconsistent coffee.
1: Okay, yeah. So so a lot of it just goes down to like personal preference for that stuff. Yeah. Oh man,
0: there's a great coffee company in Switzerland and their, their motto I love, it's the best, cup of cof- the best cup of coffee is the coffee you like. Yeah. And I think that's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because uh, we, we have a coffee here that's a $400 bag of coffee and I think it's fabulous. It's the best coffee I've ever had yeah. and not just because the price point's there, like it's actually the best cup of coffee I've ever had. It, it might not be enjoyable for my mother. She yeah. might hate that. Even if she doesn't know the price, she might just hate that cup of coffee because yeah. like, it tastes like a fruit explosion. It's like you're eating a fruit cup in melted ice cream form yeah yeah it's, which i think sounds delightful but that, hey a, that's not
1: the same coffee that that they extract from was it monkey poop oh there's,
0: there's a, yeah there's a few animal poops i yeah. i think that's i don't i'm get in trouble for saying this but it's, it's a bit of a gimmick yeah yeah it's uh and i think the, the big issue is that the the people roasting the coffee are not the best roasters in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. so even though the coffee itself might lack malic or citric acid because of a digestive tract it's not roasted very well. So yeah. we, we've, tried, we've tried it all. We had the yeah. elephant poop. We had the, the coffee luwak. Like that's like the, okay, the yeah. lemurs, essentially the big cats. Yeah, um, It was kind of boring.
1: Yeah. So like, we can just say the coffee was shit. It was shit. Literally <laughs> made from shit. <laughs> it tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, there's so many. There are, there are some gimmicks. We had a, I, I won't call the company out, but we had a, cof, a, a Forbes list last year. and They released the most expensive coffee in the world. It was about $700 for a pound of coffee. And wow. we, I know, which is absurd. And uh, the packaging alone was gorgeous. So we bring this coffee in and we're so excited. I waited for Christmas time last year, pretty much almost a year to the day, We waited for it. And we crack it open into this gorgeous box, velour sack in the middle, little gold chain on the side. I crack open the bag. It was disgusting. Like, honestly, like I could have bought better coffee at the grocery store. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. And uh, so I wrote them a note and I said this, I just said very simply, this coffee is inedible. I'd like my, I'd like a refund. And I get this long essay back from them. Basically, it was a giant, like, F you to me. And uh, they're like, who are you to know what what good coffee is? We've never had a complaint in 20 years of doing this. Uh, Please fill out this form and we'll get back to you. And the form was like, what's your coffee credentials? What coffee have you drank this year? (laughs) What do you think you know about coffee? So I, I filled it out. It took me like an hour and a half. And I filled out their essay form questions. I got no response from them because you know we have we have certifications here. We drink the best coffee in the world. All like we yeah. were actively searching for that, and uh, all I got was a refund notification. It was no, they didn't even want <laughs> to talk to me at that point. They're like, no. oh shit, we didn't get them, you know. Like, so
1: in the winner of Ultimate Coffee Snob, the weird uh, the year goes to <laughs> yeah, that's us right here. Or, well, you or them? I, I think I mean, probably like them. They're, they're,
0: them, probably yeah. Selling some sooty beans around the world. Yeah, it's uh, it was very interesting. No, coffee is a, a lot of fun, and it's uh, and I think you said it earlier, it really brings people together. And there's been, uh, and it's not liquor, which I, and I'm not here to trash on booze, you know, I really enjoy wine, I enjoy spirits, um, but there's something different about sharing a coffee with somebody that I find is a little bit different than us having, if we're doing a podcast right now and drinking shots the whole time, after an hour, it'd be a very different podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if we're the best of friends, we're going to end up arguing and fighting and not doing that. We're coffee, we could have, drink coffee all day.
1: Yeah, yeah, coffee just makes you, I don't know, it's like a talking drug, you know? That's it,
0: I love it, and it's a... yeah, it's it's funny. Even though coffee isn't always the main vehicle of conversation, it does spur conversation. You oh, yeah. know, and I think about like some pivotal moments that coffee for me. It's meeting my wife for our first date over coffee. You know, meeting friends, the community we built here. It's uh, maybe coffee isn't always what we're talking about, but it's what brings us together.
1: Yeah, that that's exactly it. I mean, coffee along with like other substances, like even like you know cigarettes and alcohol, but coffee is obviously the most friendly of them all. It really does bring people together. I mean. How many first dates and <laughs> start from coffee that end up into marriages and, and kids and stuff. Oh, exactly. And like even just like how, you know, like people are going to study. It's like, oh, let's meet for a coffee. Like let's go study, meet for a coffee. Business meeting, it's with a coffee. Like when you go work on like something creative or work on your business, like it's usually accompanied company with a coffee.
0: Absolutely. And, and so on and so forth. I mean... And, and I think we were talking about before, like even just like exercise, working out, like what caffeine can do in this form is really cool too. I, one thing we, we, we talked about about cold brew in the room. I'm not sure if you were a part of the tasting that we used to do cold brew to start. We don't do it during the winter as much, but yeah. uh, for half the year we, we feature cold brew as one of our courses. And cold brew is so interesting because it has such a, it can be such a high caffeine content and with pretty much, it's zero carbs, zero sugar. And yeah. so a lot of them, even like a pre-workout or people who are getting like really on a health kick there and trying to get some energy in the gym. If you're taking, you know, something that has taurine in it all the time compared to just a nice cold brew, different story. Like, I, I love having a cold brew in the okay. morning in the summertime.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the facts about cold brew then. So you're saying that it, it extracts more caffeine?
0: Yeah, it, it's, caffeine comes from contact time between water and coffee.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, now, and it's, it's, I had someone actually this weekend was talking about, on a general rule of thumb, people will say dark roast has less caffeine. And, and, and as an overall rule, they're absolutely right. It does. Because you, you're cooking more of the caffeine off when you're roasting it. Okay. Um, now, there are, and this is something I say, there's grains of salt with everything, right? There, that's not always the case. Yeah. Because different varietals of coffee can have different caffeine. Yeah. <clears throat> different styles of roasting can produce different caffeine levels in that same roast profile. And so uh, a roast profile being like dark roast, medium roast, light roast, that kind of stuff. So it's uh, really the big thing to extract caffeine, though, is that contact time. So the longer you brew coffee with water, the more caffeine will get extracted into it. Okay. So So this is why things like espresso has less caffeine, because even though it's so much more viscous and there's more extraction of solvents into the actual liquid, it's 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 only 25 seconds if we're pulling a shot here of actual caffeine contact time.
1: Okay, that makes sense. For for a second there, I thought that the cold brew might have had more caffeine because the water wasn't hot, like as if in maybe the heat didn't like took away some of the oh, caffeine
0: a little bit or uh, not, actually not at, at all it's it's because we do we do cold brew it would be generally between 12 and 20 hours
1: okay yeah so that it's just the length of time it's the it's length of time yeah exactly okay and so that and then cold brew it, it has like less carbs and stuff in it compared oh, to
0: hot well no not even compared to hot coffee just has okay it, okay has coffee no in general in i was
1: gonna say like, i don't know if there's something else
0: coffee is acidic. like 99 percent water yeah yeah right exactly. it's, it's mostly yeah. water so it's uh yeah. when you think I and mean, then you're just getting a lot of pure caffeine from that which i think is just so cool and i, I was more comparing it to like an energy drink oh yeah okay yeah, you know like i see my brother-in-law he's He's uh, awesome, and, he, and but he, he'll drink like a monster. That terrifies me. You look at the ingredient list there; it's like, oh my gosh! Like that is—I'd uh, much rather just have a cold brew and I get the same effect that he's getting from his, from his monster energy drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without having to chug down 200 grams of sugar and uh, everything else.
1: Oh yeah, man, Co- it's, it's way better for you. And I mean, if you're consistently doing that, you're going to feel better than you would chugging energy drinks. Oh my, all my time gosh, from, yeah, like yeah. all the big sugar and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, coffee is like a wonder drug. You can call it a medicine too. I mean, honestly, if, when used appropriately. And not in excess drinking, like, 7, 10, 12, 20 sludge coffees like that uh, old composer back when they used to do. But, yeah, I know. I mean, like, you drink it on, like, black coffee in the morning. um, That promotes autophagy, you know, your your body's way of, like, healing and repairing and recycling itself where, you know, you you replace all the old cells with new ones and fill with antioxidants and... It just gets you going in the morning to like
0: it's a slight... push through a workout. Oh, you're totally right. It's also a little bit of an appetite suppressor. Yeah, oh. be, you know, and and as you as you know very well, like fasting is a great thing for you. You know, if the longer oh, yeah. you can like if you have you have intermittent fasting in the morning, you're going to be like nice and healthy. like that's a really good thing for purging your body and cleaning out that way. Coffee can really help promote that. Oh yeah, and, which is so great. You know, it's a plus. It's delicious. Like let's be it's honest delicious. too. It's also yeah, it's, it's just also good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just
1: awesome. Yeah, no, I, I always use uh, coffee as a catalyst for like fasting and. It makes it way easier, and it also just like enhances the benefits of fasting itself. So it's right, kind of interesting.
0: How do you make your coffee, man?
1: How do I make mine? That's a good question, man. See, like I love making it all different ways, and that's why I appreciate coming for the coffee testing because I like each way you brew it, it just provides like a different taste, and it's like a different experience. So um, for a, you know, I you started off back in the day like just drinking. Tim Hortons crap <laughs> yeah. and then you you go on and then you have Keurigs and then you have Starbucks and then it starts to go a little bit uphill from there and then you're like okay how can I take this next level then French press is what changed my life totally start having French press I was like Holy... and then grinding the beans fresh which increases like you know you're not going to lose as much oils from the coffee like when you grind them right away you're gonna get all those beneficial oils and polyphenols like in your coffee, compared to like if if you're buying like pre-grinds.
0: Oh yeah, and and, and even in terms of freshness, staleness, wherever people often ask like, is this coffee good by when? Like, coffee's not gonna rot. Like, it's not gonna no, it's yeah. not gonna grow mold like a piece of food that you would have. Yeah, yeah. But the, it, as you said, like the, it goes stale so quick. As soon as you grind that coffee, like I said, the timer's starting. You ha, you're gonna have 48 yeah, hours. to totally. The coffee's gonna taste the same, yeah. and then it's gonna go right downhill. Yeah. Some
1: people might not care about that, but I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, it's funny. I, I we find especially in our community here that I meet somebody that's like really into craft beer. I'm like, you're probably gonna be into coffee too. I meet somebody really? they're into they're into wine. They're into it. Could be anything. You're into music. You're into if you're a passionate person, coffee's for you. Because like, Yo, yeah. like we and that's what I often say we do here. We share passion. You yeah, know, it's, it's just coffee happens to be the vehicle we've chosen right now, and that's what we're uh, we're plowing ahead on, and we we love it. But man, we could apply this what we do here to to anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Passion is passion is where life exists, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, man. And I mean, like I said before the podcast, I mean, caffeine and coffee just like totally fits a jazz musician as yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm a musician. I'm not a jazz musician, but man, jazz and ca- caffeine—you kind of could just, you just naturally associate
0: the two. <laughs> oh, you're you're up late in a in a smoky bar, so you gotta you gotta be drinking there. You can't. <laughs> yeah, be, that's uh...
1: right. Just jumping around on your instrument and stuff. And... Oh
0: man, and it's funny, you know, I I did I did my my education in jazz, but man, I'm back to the world of classical music and coffee works great there too it's a uh, it's really oh, it uh, music in general coffee coffee go hand in hand you know oh, yeah. it's uh i was saying this to you before it's, it's really that the fact that we can be we can still do what we want in the evenings i can still have lost time to practice i can still perform i can still be there and then in the morning i get up here and i'm you're here at seven in the morning doing your coffee stuff it's uh it's great How, do you drink coffee late at night as a random question for you i like,
1: don't i i used to you know, I like I I actually I drink decaf at night.
0: Yeah, decaf's great.
1: Yeah, I, I do drink de- decaf when it gets past, you know, the afternoon and and I still just want to have that like coffee experience without mm-hmm. getting a lot of
0: caffeine. I so it's funny, I, I, uh, a lot of people don't like decaf. They have like there's a, this terrible like hashtag going around that's like death before decaf and all oh, this really? kind of shit that's there and I, I think it's totally wrong. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wrong attitude and I one thing I'm really adamant about my business is we don't want to alienate anybody. And there's a lot of reasons why you can't have caffeine. You oh, know, yeah. It could be medical. It could be otherwise. But, and I understand what people where it comes from this idea of decaf's bad. Because for a long time, it was, they were using chemicals to create the decaffeination process. Or they would be rinsing it with, let's say, like I, I know they make a lot of decaf teas would be like essentially yeah. activating it with warm water. Activating the caffeine molecule, stripping it off and then rinsing it again. So you're getting weaker version of whatever was there. Uh, but this company called Swiss Water is making, they're basically making a molecular change Of the green coffee. Like I say, green coffee is when you refer to like an unroasted coffee. Okay, yeah. So when they're using a green coffee, they're molecularly, I can't remember how they do it, they have a patent over what they do, but they remove the caffeine molecule. So you're getting all the great flavors, all the oils, everything you want from your coffee, just enough caffeine. Yeah. And so, and it's cool, they're 99.9% decaffeinated. Uh, they, They can't find the caffeine, but they also can't prove that it's not there. Okay. That's why it's 99.9. 9. So oh, true. we have like, I, it's funny. I, I this started at the very beginning of, of Epic where we had some customers saying that they're like, well, who's pursuing the best decaf in the world? And I was like, that's a great question. I don't think anyone is. Yeah. Well, I want to. Yeah. So we've been, I have seven decafs on my shelf from seven different roasters. Oh, you like, do? We are, we, oh my gosh. Cool. I have an incredible right now from our friends yeah. in Las Vegas. Like it's a uh, luminous coffee. Like their decaf absolutely oh, really? slaps. Oh yeah. my gosh. So I've actually,
1: I never liked decaf. Until I tried Kicking Horse's decaf, because mm. I, I do like a dark roast. Yeah. And I found when I had Kicking Horse's decaf that it still gave me that like normal coffee experience. It still felt like I was drinking regular coffee.
0: So um, why do you like? And de- I mean this, I I, I say this all the time, where I never mean judgment when I ask this. Why do you like dark roast?
1: Why do I like dark roast? Because I like the just the dark, pungent, bitter flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's not that's not too that's not too acidic.
0: For sure. And yeah. acidity. And the more you roast, you're gonna you're gonna get rid of that acidity. It's a uh, darker coffee. will have less acidity. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, um, it's funny because we, we actually, I don't know if you know this, we have no dark roasts here. Oh really? Yeah. Cause I can get that same bitterness, that same pungency without burning the coffee. Cause there are a lot of other chemicals that get created when you hit that, uh, second crack. So, so, um, sorry, I'll back up a second there. So when you're, when you're roasting coffee, there's, there's quite a few chemical reactions that take place. And there's different ways that you break up the roasting process. Um, the first like the way that you know the coffee is, let's say, at its very minimum light roast ready to go, is what we call first crack. Yeah. And essentially, it happens after. Um, I'm going to improperly use this term, but essentially, a mired reaction takes place of the sugars and stuff in the coffee, and there's an expansion and an explosion that takes place, and the coffee will erupt and literally it loses about fifteen percent of its weight. It will double in size, and that's the first crack. That's where a light roast coffee is generally right before or at first crack. Okay. From there, any any second after that first crack is called the development time. That's where a lot of the flavors in the coffee will get preserved or or uh, or changed. You keep going from there, and a second chemical reaction takes place. That's called the second crack. And I say crack because it literally sounds like like popcorn. Like you hear it in the roaster, it's like popping and cracking. That second crack. This is where like all like um all these like negative kind of things will take place, and a lot of oils get produced. So you see these waxy coffee beans. Those are those are actually not super good for you. Okay. It's not like it's not going to be as harmful as smoking a cigarette. It's not. It's not on that level.
1: Waxy is the ones with like the oil. You can see the oil on the outside, big okay. time.
0: And and for me, I wanted to when I started this, this business, I wanted to get away from that myself. Okay. And uh, and I want and like I said I can get the exact flavor you're looking for without going that distance. Okay. And 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 I always put it back to like chicken. You know what I mean? Like why why was dark roast invented? There's a historical reason and a practical reason. The okay. practical reason is that it's easier to extract in water. Okay. It's more water-soluble. It's hollow. It's burnt.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, burnt things taste the same. You know, if I if I have chicken from 10 different local farms here and I burn all of them, they're all going to taste like burnt chicken. You know, but if I cook them all beautifully and have a different spice and a seasoning on them, they're yeah. going to taste differently. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of what we wanted to show here was that we could get exactly what you're looking for without having to go to that level okay. of burning it.
1: That's cool. I like how we're having this conversation because I didn't even know that. I did know that dark dark roast has less antioxidants and stuff and, right. it, and it was like a little bit worse for you because you're essentially burning it. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I cook with a little bit of water when I cook meat or eggs mm-hmm. because I avoid those carcinogens. So right, I mean, I'm right. all about like optimizing anything I can. So that that that's very valuable. I, I'd like to uh, take you up on that test and just see if you're your roast can match to the flavor I'm looking for, for that dark, dark, 100%. dark feeling, you know?
0: And it, even how we source coffee, like I'll look for certain uh, terroirs, like, or, or and I, I always a Ter- terroir is like, what does a region taste like? What does an origin taste like in terms of coffee? Okay. Because there are, there are very different tastes when you travel around the world. Yeah, totally. And different styles of processing coffee, drying coffee, that will give a different result in your cup. And generally when someone comes in and they tell me, hey, I like bitter, strong coffee. I'm like, well, we're going to be looking at Brazil, Nicaragua, parts of Guatemala, even uh, certain places in, in Colombia that do coffee. Um, I'm, we're not going to go to like a really beautiful, high elevation L- Ethiopian coffee. Yeah. I'm going to terrify you with some acidity. If we go to Kenya, you're pretty much always getting acidic coffee. That's okay. how they preserve and wash their coffees and stuff. So okay. they're going to be like a good rule of thumb where you go to a shelf like ours and we have, you know, 45 different bags of coffee. It's like, oh crap, what do I buy? It's like that's where our team is trained to help you be like, hey, we're going to find a really nice hearty medium Brazilian low elevation coffee, maybe an Indonesian Sumatra coffee we're going to pull out. And you're not going to notice any difference, except that you're going to feel a little bit better in your tummy from uh, cool. from having a lack of oil there.
1: Wow, that, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask with that? Oh, so, yeah, that goes to be back from what you were saying at the beginning is like. The ethical part of coffee Mm -hmm. so what can you tell me about that because i think you know there's a lot of these different brands that say they're ethical but i'm sure not all all of them are and so when you source your beings like what do you guys look for and what what do you consider ethical
0: so it's about the level of transparency right so what what we can actually see because i I can i can pay a cooperative in colombia a lot of money and they don't pay any of their workers at all let's say so they're making lots of money we're we have a fair trade stamp on there but it's not actually getting back to the people who are doing the work on the coffee farms. Okay. So for us, we're looking for transparent partners that can provide the information we actually want. So we have a few partners in Canada. We've worked with, we have a few importers in the States that we work with and a few farms we've directly actually sourced from as well. And, it, and it's challenging. The it's, I, I have to be careful what I say, cause I don't want to trash like the idea of just what fair trade is, but I fair trade is not fair anymore. And, and the real reason is there's no, there's no value for inflation. Where when fair trade was started in the 1970s it became a stamp in 1991, um, and farmers have to pay for this, so it is quite expensive for cooperatives to go out and get um, a fair trade stamp on their coffee or an organic certified. These are this is this is kind of a cash grab for a lot of these businesses. Okay. And so fair trade, when it started, was a dollar U.S. It pretty much has not changed in you know 30, 40, 50 years. So just by inflation standards, we should be closer to three or four dollars American. Uh, and all the prices, by the way, they're in USD. I'm not talking Canadian prices. Okay. Like, uh, we we you you buy coffee in USD, so it's uh it's where it is. So I'm I'll tell you right now, very transparently, we, we share all of our prices with our customers. Our cheapest coffee right now is four dollars and fifty cents for a pound. Right. So we and that's US. So we are spending a lot of money to make sure that we can have the right relationships and purchasing the right people. So that's where a lot of when I say ethical coffee, I look at you know I can buy fair trade coffee for a dollar US. That has been proven that to be unethically sourced okay. they, they you cannot make money a farmer cannot make money a picker cannot make money at a dollar US pound coming to me yeah it has, it has to be more I think it was a great article in Standard Magazine which is a, a wonderful publication and I think they said it was like I think it was like 350 was like when you can start actually having like ethical coffee and uh, coffee by the way is since last year this like, I, I got a report this this last year from a couple of my importers and it is double the price right now for coffee because oh, well. it is the shipping logistics of COVID, uh, yeah. all of the relationships and shipping have been, have, been, uh, have been capped. So people, it's not going to be like, you're not going to notice a difference day to day. But coffee needs to be more expensive. This race we did in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s to the dollar cup, that just destroyed a beautiful industry. It, is, it has been so taken advantage of. This, this idea of the, the quick, put my thing in the curing machine and go, that, yeah. that needs to be a thing of the past, in yeah, my totally. opinion. Otherwise, coffee, coffee is at a point of, it's going to be extinct. Yeah. 10, 15 years, we're not going to have coffee.
1: Yeah, I think that quick convenience of anything in life, like similar to that, needs to be extinct, you know? Big time. It's causes more harm than good.
0: We have, we have a motto here. Our motto is in praise of slow. And I often joke that it's not our service is not slow. But yeah. the, the care we take when we enjoy something that has been really labored over, like coffee. You'll, you'll have 25 people touch your coffee before it reaches Canada. That's insane to me. And then I'm going to charge a dollar a pound? How does that make any sense? Yeah, it, right. it, it, Mathematically, it's not possible. Yeah. We can't live off that. And then when you when you factor in global warming, you factor in um, the changing world of, of like even like the drug economics, where like East Africa has got totally screwed recently because the war in the Middle East has made all the drugs from the middle uh, from you know Afghanistan go through. Heroin's now rampant in Ke- Kenya, Uganda, all these places, mm-hmm. and where well, they didn't have that before. Where well, we dealt with it in the nineteen twenties, they're dealing with it right now. Oh, and on top of that, industrialization. Like, why would I go work on a coffee farm, and have it be either robbed, have a uh, global warming affect my crops, have a turd like me in Canada paying a dollar a coffee, you know, when in the reality, I can go work in a factory and make a living that could support my family. So there's, there, we, we have to change pretty quickly how we're going to be approaching coffee and enjoying coffee, or we're not going to have it. Like my son, you know, he's only a year and a half. He's going to grow up in a world that doesn't have coffee when he's ready to drink it. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to just so doom and gloom, but this is the, this is the actual reality of yeah. this industry right now.
1: And that's probably the same with like cacao and... You, you nailed that. Just, man. Yeah, just other industries like similar to
0: that. We, I often say that the only other industry that maybe is more taken advantage of than coffee is, is chocolate. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the the cheap chocolates, right? It's that yeah. that style. And
1: so, as far as like the organic certification, is that sort of similar in the way with like fair trade? Like, when you, if you're buying organic, like is it really organic or are they just
0: no? So if, if they have certified organic, I would assume they're organic. Okay, um, there are tens of thousands of farms that are organic that can't afford the certification
1: yeah that's what i was going i yeah i
0: had i had a person in last week who was they weren't like arguing with me but they kept asking them are you sure this coffee's organic i can pull up like i can there's a the where we sourced the coffee from. they had a drone fly over you can see their agricultural practices yeah but it's a cooperative so what that means is there's 1500 small farmers who grow other products as well in ethiopia who actually come to one place they're not going to be able to certify each of those farms. Oh yeah. The reality is that is organic farming. They just can't afford that. And so you see this this like organic farm, the rainforest certified, all this kind of stuff is generally from from richer producers, and they're normally in in Latin America because they can afford to have the infrastructure to do things like that. Where okay. you not? I, I, we we sourced coffee actually last year from the first registered organic farm in Ethiopia. They've been they haven't changed anything for fifty years. They just could afford it finally. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the only thing. Okay. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I kind of knew that already, but I liked I liked your elaboration on that. Mm-hmm. It makes things more clear. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so as far as like caffeine itself, I mean, have you heard about like combining lion's mane and caffeine?
0: Like that? I have not as much.
1: Oh, really? No, no. So so lion's mane is a mushroom, of course. Yeah, you know, and you know the medicinal mushroom is, is becoming like honestly pretty trendy these days, and like just as awareness and research increases on it, and people are no- noticing the effects and benefits. And Lion's Mane is one that affects us um, neurologically in the brain. So it literally helps um, neurogenesis Mm -hmm. and just create new synapses in the brain, which is like good for learning. And it just helps you to just be more cognitively aware and so on and so forth. So as you know yourself, like caffeine is already a a drug that improves cognitive function. Big time. So when you pair that with Lion's Mane, it has like a synergistic effect. And people are even taking it a step further and doing microdoses of psilocybin on top of that to, to further increase the effects of that of the um, you know the neurological benefits from caffeine and lion's That's so.
0: incredible. I have goosebumps right now. That sounds uh, that's, that's that's amazing. Cause I even the effect that it can have on PTSD. Like I am, I, I throw something to me talk. I talk very fast. Like I'm obviously yeah. a neurodiverse person myself. You know where uh, I've struggled with ADHD my entire life. You know and. Um, psilocybin and, and the mushroom, I'm so excited that it's getting the time it deserves, especially the microdosing that's happening there. This is not a, your typical 1970s guy taking a quarter ounce of mushrooms and, and tripping out. This is actually being done medically now, which I think is so amazing and i I have not heard much about this though i I have to do some research because this is a it makes a lot of sense what you're saying this this pairing of these two things would be yeah
1: for sure man i mean i'm not totally i'm not like condoning the use of like illegal psychedelic drugs or stuff but but i would say that like psilocybin has a lot of research done on it and if taken in like microdoses, it's been proven to be effective i mean there's it's right now it's being studied like even in canada just for therapeutic use in in a medical setting
0: oh i I think it's been very successful too absolutely And, and i'm a huge supporter of that
1: yeah um, quite honestly, like um, for for those listening, I mean, some may already know, but I've lost 115 pounds and just changed my life. I had a bunch of mental health problems, a bunch of physical health problems, and part of my journey of um, recovering and healing of all those problems was using microdose of psilocybin. Wow. So yeah, just I didn't want to make this about that, but I mean, it kind of I just wanted to say that like some people have been combining it with uh, coffee and lion's mane, just a little bit of psilocybin and lion's mane because. Um, if you ever listen to Paul Stamets talk he's like fascinating he talks all about this stuff like, he, Paul Paul, Fam- Paul Stamets is like a world renowned mycologist and he's been on a couple of Joe Rogan episodes which is where pretty much most people have heard of him Right. but uh, yeah he talks on his second episode with Joe Rogan he talks about combining Lion's Mane um, caffeine. I don't, maybe he doesn't mention caffeine. Maybe other people do. But and uh, just a microdose of psilocybin and niacin because the uh, psilocybin has neuro neuro neurogenic neurogenesis effects on the brain, and so does the lion's mane. And so when you take those two together, it enhances those effects. And something like yeah, like something synergistically happens to them. And when you take the niacin, it takes those neurological effects that you have in the brain. And Paul was saying that it just like spreads them all throughout the body. So you'll start to like, I don't know, I guess have neurological improvements and like healing in like your legs and the nervous system all throughout your body rather than than just the brain. And so, yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad we're at a point in, in our solution that we can start looking at this stuff. Yeah, because that you know I'm I'm still with these these negative taboos on it. They've done nothing but hurt the people who want to use the people who haven't had a chance to use. I yeah. even and there's a I remember there's a I remember seeing a great uh, drugs incorporated thing way back when and talking about the, the the headaches those like crazy headaches people get and then they they found that the mushrooms like lion's mane I think was specifically the one could help solve people who had like chronic migraines. Oh yeah, it's so fascinating.
1: I've I've heard the same thing. With psilocybin too, so I wouldn't be, I'm not surprised that lion's mane would help mm-hmm. as well too. It's almost like lion's mane just just like very subtly helps the brain. So
0: I feel like there's a very famous brand from uh, from Norway. I think they're in Norway. They're in Scandinavia for sure. It's called Four Sigmatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're it's they're doing they're doing like chaga, which is like, yeah. of course full of antioxidants. So they're doing like a, a certain type of mushroom, which we are very plentiful of in New Brunswick actually, which is yeah. super cool. Yeah. And uh, they're doing that and some other types of mushrooms with with caffeine and coffee. And uh, have you tried that stuff before?
1: Oh, absolutely, man! Like I, I, um, I actually, funny enough, I started working for a chaga and, and hemp company. No way! Okay. Yeah, yeah, just recently. Um, it's called Canoom Naturals, and and he's just starting. He's starting up the company, so uh, i yeah, I'm helping him out with it. I mean, I've used chaga, I've used lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail, maitake, cordyceps, like you name it. Like I've, I've used and researched all of them, and they all have their own little thing that they do. And they're all
0: awesome um, because they're, they're pairing they're pairing coffee with chocolate, yes. which I think is so cool. Because and also uh, my my only criticism once again is that they're often selling pre ground coffee, which at a certain yeah. point I'm like, okay, why not just use great coffee? Like, is there a way for us to like do yeah. our own version of this? You know what I mean? There it is.
1: Yeah, I think there is too. Actually, um, from his company startup, he they're kind of like selling their um, just. Ground chaga with coffee from down east, okay, and they're selling it as like a cold brew thing, right? So, so you, you infuse it right from there. Yeah, so you make the chaga, like you brew the chaga tea, it just chaga and hot water extraction, and then you use that water to you to do the cold brew extraction for the coffee. Interesting. So, and I've tried um, actually making like French press with the the chaga extract, mm-hmm. like water, hot water extract, and it ends up making like this very different tasting coffee because chaga doesn't have much of a flavor but
0: it does have like a little bit for of sure flavor. And, and if you get a really potent chocolate it can be it can almost be a bit like um just a bit like dirt sometimes you know yeah. what I mean? not not, not in a negative way it's not a negative for me because yeah. i actually love yeah. it not, not a, a bad a, dirt not a bad dirt it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's the, a fine, good dirt. the finest dirt in all the land yeah. but it can have this kind of like dirty taste to it yeah um and that's why i think that I, and when i look at stuff like that in the market I, I understand why they're using a darker roast coffee for this stuff
1: all right, you saw this coming. If you want fifteen percent off chaga mushroom tea tincture or CBD hemp capsules, use the code best fifteen at checkout using the link in the show description.
0: Because yeah. if I, I'm curious, you know, your dark rose over. How was this coffee we had right now?
1: It was good, man. It's very Different, flavorful. Though. Like and like you said, like so. I don't know if the listener knows this, but when. You are drinking coffee, I learned this at your tasting thing, um, as it cools down the flavor
0: changes. Big time. Yeah. That, is, oh, that is so much fun. There's actually, um, there's some great companies now, including this one that we're drinking from right now, that I'll give them a shout out, Luna Coffee is phenomenal. Laura and Nate and Langley, BC are, are probably our famous, f- favorite roasters in Canada. Oh cool. And they are a small team and they're absolutely crushing it. And uh, on this bag, I was reading just when I was opening it up there, they said, they, they gave two flavoring notes, one of like the hot beverage, one of the cold beverage. And it is wildly different. So when we talk about when we're cupping and tasting coffees, we will often have different tasting notes we write down for different points in the beverage so like what it tastes like when it's cool is this might be like a bit more grapefruity maybe a little bit more blackberry. so those are like really high acidic uh uh cherries and fruits where to start it might be a bit more of the honey a bit more molasses it might have it's really the characters can change wildly even uh even like where you taste them in your palate when it cools down is also different which i think is is so much fun yeah you can actually i wouldn't recommend buying this because it's it's a new technology but there is a there's these these servers now you can buy that will when you serve at the table they will have like a temperature reading on the glass, so they'll say like oh your cup is eighty six degrees oh, and, no, then, and then and then the place they do it they'll actually provide tasting notes at like eighty six degrees taste your cup you taste, like, mango and papaya and at like seventy five degrees it's gonna taste like blueberries and more acidic it's wow. I think so, I, that that is uh that is super cool that's next level
1: are you guys gonna do that here at some point you
0: know I I believe in the full sensory experience I really do like you know when we. Uh, even if you come for just an open hours, we've been doing this now where you buy an espresso from us, we're going to give you a little sniffer of the espresso as well. You're going to have something that pairs with it. You're going to get the tasting notes. Like, we really try and go to that next level. Even uh, We're trying to find like something even more tactile you can play with, too, to even yeah. have uh, – like, we often use – it's not as tactile, but we use, like, books and stuff here as, like, our kind of, like, feature to, to engage our senses. But it's uh, – yeah. there's so much we can do. Yeah. And, and music, too, man. It's, it's People don't realize it, but we, like, we carefully talk about what music we play in the tasting room. You know, because that, that actually plays a lot into what vibe we're feeling and what we want to convey to our customers. And it's uh, something that I'm very passionate about thinking about constantly. Like, uh, it's, uh, we have no, it's funny, we have no music on right now. And it's like, yeah, uh, I'm sure both of us, you and I, we have music playing in our brains. You yeah, know? yeah pretty much. Yeah. I have my background soundtrack that's going that's right, right now yeah, to, yeah. to this vibe session, you know. Yeah, so it's uh, No, it's, uh, there. have you ever, there's a great book, uh, you ever read Biology? It's like B-U-Y-ology. No. There's, so this guy is absolutely fascinating. He's he's worked with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies in the world. And it's uh, biology essentially is like the, the biology of purchasing and interacting with businesses. And uh, I got a lot of inspiration from that. My business partner passed me that book and they talked about like what music, what smells, what feeling you have when you walk into to Epic Chemistry or as an example that we use obviously for yeah. ourselves and uh that's something we hear even even yesterday we had a pop-up here and we had a gentleman making waffles and he's like i don't know what you guys are doing but the vibe here is like people come in they have a different headspace when they walk in here yeah and it's something we del- we have deliberately cultivated that the fact that we have no wi-fi accessibility the fact that we even how we we choose the menu even how i train my staff for customer service like i am very much looking for you to take you out of the norm off a busy street and have you a moment where we can connect together. Oh. Even if our connection is 30 seconds, half an hour, two hours, doesn't matter. It yeah. should still be meaningful and focused in that moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's important because I think a lot of people associate coffee with just like being in a rush and having to do things. So
0: That's why we're not open before noon. Yeah, and we get a lot of crap from that. A lot of customers tell me they're like, "Oh, I can't come here in the morning. I can't get my coffee at seven in the morning." It's like we're uh, actually like, if you want coffee at seven in the morning, I'm going to train you how to make it at seven in the morning.
1: Yeah, because okay. you know that
0: that's when you should wake up, have an extra five minutes for yourself at home, yeah. maybe do some journaling yourself, maybe just yeah. sit in silence. You know, whatever whatever your routine asks for in that time. Yeah, uh, you know, and you brought up Keurig earlier, and I, I feel like this is a it's a, something that I, I I like to put reference to where Keurig, yeah, sure, it takes you know. 25 seconds to make a curry pod that comes out so freaking hot that you cannot drink that for 15 20 minutes yeah yeah this pour over that took me two minutes 25 seconds to make yeah and i can we drank immediately and oh, we yeah. have a great cup of coffee and yeah. i enjoyed the process oh yeah. you know even and i have people roll their eyes at me they're like i have two kids at home how can i do this well free, i have kids my son's on my arm when i'm making a coffee in the morning my wife and i are getting breakfast ready Well, free we'll change off mid pour over Show that the first couple pours run in the kitchen. I'll walk over, take over. Like yeah. it's 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 part of our routine. It's part of who we are now, and yeah. I love that. I live for that. Those are the moments that life exists. Yeah, you
1: know? man. I mean, it's it's about the experience of it. You know, it's not just like the act of doing. Like it's about the whole process of doing it and stuff, and who you share it with.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I care more than even yeah. though even though it's only four minutes in the morning, and then I'm running out, and I'm still just as late as I always was. You know, I'm uh, perpetually late. It's a uh, it's something that I really. I need that moment. That's, yeah. that, that's that to me is peace. That's where peace exists.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! Coffee's like uh, as I heard someone else describe before. It's like their, you know, 10, 15, 20 fifteen, twenty-minute vacation in the mornings, and it that's certainly right. it certainly is for me. Like I look forward to my coffee every morning. It's just like you ground yourself, you like organize your day and your mind, and then you just
0: like get going and start doing. I've had countless customers tell me they wake up ten minutes earlier now just to have the process oh, really? of making their coffee.
1: That's awesome. And yeah.
0: and I, I well, you know this. You've been through a lot a lot of transformations yourself. Those. Those little moments of reflection in the morning that you can grab for yourself, even if you're the busiest person in the world, this is where real health can start taking place. Oh yeah, you know, like all my mental health issues I've ever had have come from when I'm too busy in the mornings. Yeah, where I don't I don't prioritize myself. I don't prioritize the routine I need, and this is uh, even as someone who has crippling ADHD like myself, this is essential. Like my life changed when I was able to wake up and take five minutes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. it makes sense like to slow down with coffee and it probably like affects your the way you metabolize it more because um, in the same way like when we when we're eating in a rush in a stressed out state with food like if so are grabbing a snack or smoothie or even just like standing over the counter eating really quick before we have to work like our body is in like a state of, of stress and fight-or-flight right. in that moment so we're not gonna digest that food and extract those nutrients efficiently so it makes sense that we wouldn't like metabolize the coffee oh man that's as well i think
0: you're spot on that's that. Yeah. blow my mind a little bit there because that, that's exactly what it is yeah you're not going to actually get the the stuff that you're the benefit you're looking for
1: yeah ex- exactly and those that's probably when you'll end up with like more of a crash from the caffeine and stuff which honestly half the crashes from caffeine are probably if you put sugar in it and, and oh
0: big time you're and people don't realize even how caffeine interacts with with our bloodstream you know what i mean like yeah. what 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 is caffeine you know, caffeine blocks the receptors that make us feel tired, essentially. The adenosine it's, receptors. That's right. Yeah. And I, I saw a great, I'm doing it with my hands right now. You, you can't see, obviously, but it's, uh, they're like those little C's, and it comes and blocks that. And when they get removed all at once, that's when you feel really tired and lethargic, right? Yeah. Um, that's why we always recommend the tasting room. Like, we're going to give you a lot of coffee. People like, people, this is, since it's not liquor, I'll be honest, people, they would overdo it a little bit. When we first started the tasting room, we, we've really changed a lot of what we did because I was getting way too much coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It used to be like five full courses. We're like two oh, wow. two double shots plus like freak, a liter of coffee in like an hour. Oh wow! People were just not feeling super well, yeah. you know. And so we we went back on reflection, and we actually um, I can tell you exactly how many like mil- like milliliters you're gonna have when you're here. And it, it does seem like a lot because we're having so many different beverages. But it, it's you're pretty much having a cup of coffee and like a double shot of espresso. Okay. An, o- over an hour of education. Okay. Right, but it, it takes a. Uh, yeah, it's, it that's been a lot of reflection for us because that was one that we didn't want people to feel sick either, you know? And then potassium. Potassium is a game changer. Yeah. Like when you start adding bananas or coconut water, potatoes, whatever it is after you've had coffee, you can you can really negate that that crash you might get.
1: So, yeah, because you were saying that like potassium helps to with the like the, the jitters you might get from Big time. From I,
0: I, I I only learned that because uh, there's I was cupping with a gentleman in Halifax. Uh, cupping by the way is like a traditional coffee tasting and profiling of coffee. Yeah. And uh, he's eating bananas like every every cup and I'm like, I mean, well, I'm 18 coffees in, and I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" As I'm shaking myself away, and he's like, "Eat bananas. Like it's it's gonna cha- game change how you're doing." Hey, hey fun hey.
1: fact: There's a little bit more potassium in avocados than there is in than bananas. I freaking love avocados for, for all you keto people
0: oh that's fantastic <laughs> i had avocados today at lunch that's that's great yeah yeah it's uh so and and potassium i was doing it with tasting one time and i had a, a few doctors in the room and one of them laughs and he's like that's what we give seizure victim vict- future future patients oh is really? they'll give them uh oh, i was a victim seizure patients is uh potassium helps, yeah. helps shaking
1: yeah well i mean ultimately it's that's a whole other podcast with somebody else who's an expert on minerals but um minerals are very important to our body and yeah. caffeine does like deplete us in in minerals a little bit so it's For good sure. to replenish those
0: absolutely through
1: like you know just getting your adequate nutrition basically.
0: and and you know even, even like uh, even the water composition we brew with that will change depending on what kind of coffee I want to do what am I doing with that yeah. how I want to ingest that stuff afterwards because yeah, totally. if I'm using like really calcium rich water my, my coffee's not going to dissolve the same I'm not going to get the same result of like my, yeah. my, my actual Like digesting of the coffee, yeah.
1: Metabolizing, excuse me. Do you
0: test your water? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, every day. Okay,
1: so you don't. You wouldn't recommend people um, brewing with tap water at home.
0: Oh, depends where you are in the world.
1: Depends where you are, I guess. Yeah, Moncton is
0: not bad. Moncton's not too bad. Yeah, very chloriney. Very much so. Yeah, and uh, if you have a filter at home, that's great. You don't want water that's too soft or too hard yeah, you want there's there's like a sweet spot, especially for like espresso. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that we we used to do we don't do it as much anymore. We used to do a, like a questionnaire for every person at the tasting room. And uh, one thing that shocked me was that most people drink espresso at home. so they have, they're all drinking americanos. Yeah, you know I mean it's like no there's really really anyone who's drinking like a shot of espresso. Like
1: a real espresso. But it
0: blows my mind. I'm like, that is the most complicated way to make coffee. Really? That's the hardest way to be consistent. Yeah. And on top of that, the water is so important. So important yeah. for espresso.
1: Yeah. I always go for like spring water. I actually go collect my own spring water. It's nice. It helps me connect more with like the water I'm drinking. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been doing that for a while and I enjoy it. But I actually just bought myself a cheap espresso machine. What'd you get? Uh Delongi. Nice, okay. Uh just like a little counter one. Sweet. It works pretty good, honestly, like for for a home. And you have a grinder too, right? I do have a grinder. See that that's you they yeah. don't they don't do the full on espresso grinds, but it's good enough for me to have good coffee in the morning. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's still good. I mean it's all about like your your preference, right? That's it, right? But I honestly like like I always tried um, like when I make French press for instance, I always play with the uh, the grind size and like the time of extraction because I, I do like having different flavors from the same
0: well, and, and as you said earlier, that's what we do here. Yeah. Right. I, I love when people come in and I'll be honest, it's, it's very typically like, like men. <laughs> where coming come in like, what kind of coffee do you like? And they're like, like strong coffee. I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, that's super helpful because every coffee can be strong. Every coffee can be weak. Yeah. You know, depending, if I, if I brew the same coffee, super hot water, very finely ground in a French press, we would get none of the acids would be there. It would yeah. taste like a burnt tobacco-y, like really messed up coffee, even though this coffee is like fruity and lovely. Because I just, like, over-extracted it, used way too much coffee, ground way too finely, with way too hot water. Yeah. And then you, you wouldn't recognize it for the same coffee. Oh, man. But it'll be nice and strong. That's cool. Yeah. So it's, I, I, lo- I love that, too. So really, uh, we try and say, like, leave your preconceived notions at the door. Like, we, we want to try and break down and have you really enjoy something that you, you really want. Like, people, a lot of time dark roast, historically, our region is dark roast-centric. Because coffee, when it was first shipped around the world, it would mold. They didn't know how to store it properly. It'd be at sea for up to a year at a time. This stuff would have massive humidity fluctuations. It would mold the coffee. If you gave me a light roasted coffee that's been molded, I, I'm, I'm going to be sick. It's not going to make me feel very good. Yeah. Where if I have to burn it, you're, you're going to burn all the bacteria off it. You're going to burn all the bad stuff that happened in the fermentation process. Yeah. So, so our region... wait So coffee first landed in the New World in Boston in I think it was like the 1730s. Yeah. Where The first coffee houses in America. Uh, we would get very old coffee up to this part of the world. Uh, so they had to burn it. That was like the tradition. And also, when the oh. coffee was taken out of you know slave vessels or anything from stolen from plantations and brought over into and from Africa to, to Europe, that's where the French roast, Vienna roast, all these like Italian roast styles. Yeah. They're they're burning shitty old coffee. Ah, cool. That, because that's why that's what makes it taste yeah, normal yeah. and consistent. Oh wow. And also with espresso, you want dark roaster is better. Like people ask me all the time, what's the difference between a espresso roast and a filter roast? Same bag of coffee. Let's say like Monogram Coffee does this all the time. Well, they'll have the same coffee, filter roast, espresso roast. Yeah. Well, the espresso roast is developed slightly quicker. It's a little bit darker. The reason is it's more water-soluble. So when I grind it, pressurize it, it's going to extract yeah. more evenly for the home brewer. Okay. As a theory. That's right? Cool. So when we take a really light-roasted coffee like this one here, I'm going to have to really tinker around with my grinder to find the right setting to create the right pressure to extract a good cup of coffee.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. And I remember you saying there's like a little hack that you can do to like... To home espresso machines, to, oh, like, big make time! Yeah, well,
0: especially so. There's, uh, there's a whole range. Delonghi's one of them. Breville's the main culprit. Where the, there's a certain levels of Brevilles that were designed, uh, and they're not they're not really advertised this way, but that's what they are when you read the fine print. They're for for like pre-ground store-bought coffee. Okay. So it's like, and when you look at espresso in the store, it's like very coarse. Very yep. coarse. What they what they actually provide. So they have a uh, pressurized portafilter. Essentially, uh, portafilters are what attaches to the espresso machine. The little handle thing you see your barista use it has a little thing on it where you put your coffee in. You tamp it down from there. That's the portafilter. Okay. Um, the ones we have here, we use bottomless ones here. There's nothing pushing back on the bottom. The pressure all comes from the machine in the group head, which yeah. is like where the water gets pulled from the boiler to the group head. It gets condensed into the into the coffee. Yeah. So there's nothing pushing back. These ones are like sealed at the bottom. It's like almost picture like a a squeezed ketchup bottle. It's like closed off there. So pressure builds from both sides. And what happens is you get like a fake espresso essentially. So it's great on coarse coffee because coarse coffee will like, when you're doing that, it will provide extra pressure that you can actually have to, to do that with. So it's a uh, so what we do is we I have a few machines that we've we've bought different portafilters we bought different pumps for them we've like uh, stripped back the group heads and put different things on you can put PID readers to understand what pressure you're dealing with and how to increase it so like it's funny after I take a hundred dollars machine 300 dollars later, I have a machine that I want to use. You know, so I have a few buddies who've done that in town. It's, it's, it's great. They actually turned out to be a pretty good machines. Well, that's
1: crazy. I should almost bring my machine here. We could do
0: like a video on it to teach people how to do it. Little, it's, pretty tricky, but it's, it's not too bad. Oh. And you, and you spend a little money here and there, and you can find some mm. great little parts to, to upgrade your machine. Well, that's cool. Otherwise, you're just getting like uh, dirty water. is what I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Delonghi's not as bad. I'll be honest. It's really there's like a certain model of breville. Okay. That's what it's for. The okay. cafe, the cafe Roma. Okay, like cool. DeLonghi. Okay,
1: I think I, I think I, I got a Delonghi.
0: Yeah, so only should, should be pretty good, yeah. and they often give you two portafilters. One will be pressurized, one will not be pressurized. Yeah, and that's you just pick which one you want there and go from oh,
1: there. Yeah, it makes pretty decent, decent coffee. Um, so back to the to the mold thing. So is Dave Astry, Asprey just messing with us with the mold thing?
0: What? What? I'm elaborate a bit um, more. Dave, what you mean? Okay,
1: so you, Dave, I know what Dave Asprey is. Yeah, Dave but. Asprey. He sells bulletproof coffee. Of course. Yeah. So one of his like selling points is that his coffee is tested for mitotoxins and mold. So that you're getting like when you're buying his coffee, you're getting like no mold in your co- in your coffee, whereas compared to like the the commercial brands, apparently they're more contaminated with myotoxins because they're just like stored improperly and longer, just because they're so mass produced oh, and so
0: I, on I, and so forth. I think he's probably spot on with that. Now that being said, none of the coffees we buy have mold in them. Yeah, ever. yeah. like we, we buy very fresh coffee. Mm-hmm. So so it's funny there, there's like a few different lifespans in understanding lifespans of coffees, right? Like when we're buying green coffee. So first off, we, we, uh, the building we're in in Moncton is, is beautiful. This is like built in 1904. It was an old grocery store. Yeah. So the basement is actually quite, like, quite large ceilings, and that's where they store the food. So it's quite yeah. cold down there. It's not damp. It is damp for a couple months in the springtime, and we move the coffee upstairs. Okay. So uh, right now, it's like nice and cold. It's really temperate. Actually, I, when I first started my coffee adventure, I went to visit an amazing coffee company in Calgary called Phil and Sebastian. They actually will flash freeze green coffee when it arrives in Canada that is a game changer like flash freezing green coffee like wow that's really cool they're stopping the the lifespan of that coffee so they can use it further cool the other companies like when you're seeing and i won't trash any like local companies even though this is a practice a lot of them use where they they will there's a reason they're blending coffee let's put it that way because they're grabbing old coffee they're buying cheaply from a lot of places now i don't want to shit on it because this actually can be a very good thing for importers for producers in the coffee industry because is if you have a specialty coffee uh, importer, let's say, and they, did, they weren't able to sell all their coffee off that year, well, they're stuck with it now. They already paid the producer. the producer got paid, now they're staying with a bunch of inventory they can't sell. Well, they'll often sell it off a bit cheaper as it gets a lot older, right. and, and then coffee companies will grab that, blend it together with a few other older coffees, roast it very dark so you don't have that kind of uh, the issue of the taste or, or the thing there, and they'll sell it off to us. And that's why the coffee's cheaper. That's why it comes out that $9 pound, like that kind of shit. Like that's why it's that way. Now, we we buy very small amounts of coffee because we we buy a lot of coffee often. Sorry, we buy a lot we buy we buy coffee often, not a lot. So that's why you'll see like our coffees here, we often go through quite a lot of rotation. Cause I really want fresh coffee that I know I'm gonna sell by a certain amount of time. Okay. And then I, I, I even like the crops, like I'm I'm always able to share this, share this with any customer. Like I'll tell you when this coffee was picked when it was dried, when it was processed, how long it took to ship here when we got it. Like we have every part of the of the journey. So yeah, Bulletproof Coffee, I, I will say that the style of Bulletproof Coffee where you're adding fats to coffee, love that. Oh yeah, that man, be,
1: that's so good.
0: It's a great uh, meal replacement. It can be a great thing in the morning. It's a great way, way to digest it. Uh, the Bulletproof Coffee, like where he's just selling coffee, it's no different than what we do. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> except it's $40 in the store. Yeah, You yeah. know, it has his brand on it and that kind of stuff.
1: I, I met somebody once um, who... All, he has a company called by optimizers mm-hmm. way later his name is he's from Moncton anyways I saw him at the gym one day and I don't know I just went up and started talking and stuff and I told him a little bit about my weight loss journey and how I listened to him on, on Dave Asprey's podcast and we started talking about keto because I was like trying out keto at the time and I remember I'll never forget he was like Dave Asprey is an expert marketer <laughs> yeah and he starts talking about how he just like leaves in carbs and stuff because he was a bodybuilder and he's vegan and stuff.
0: Well, I, I just like, I blow my mind because I see this. And, and not to like shit on Gabe Asprey. No. Oh like, my I gosh. love him.
1: But just like, there's a lot of people who are just expert marketers and like, there's you no, know, he's not bullshitting you. Like, it is the truth. It's just like, there's also other truths.
0: Well, it's also why his coffee is like, it literally is $35, $40 a bag. Yeah. Because it, and, and it's not because that coffee is like worth that amount of money. Like, yeah. and, and so people ask me all the time, like, what $400 bag of coffee, why is that $400? And you know, why is our coffee like our, the cheapest bag we sell is $20. You know, and it's A, because I just said it earlier, like, you know, we're spending 450 US per pound of coffee. Yeah. Plus we lose 15% of it. Plus we do profiling on it. Plus we package it with ethical packaging. Plus I have to keep my roof over my head and stuff. You know, at the end of the day, we're not making that much money off that $20 bag for the yeah. normal industry. Now we do it because we want it to be accessible, we want to build that price, that, that kind of um, that way of, of sourcing coffee and selling coffee. Now that 400 dollars bag that I'm pointing to over there, it's a little box on top there. The reason it's four hundred bucks is A, it was an auctioned coffee, it's a rare coffee, and then it scores very well. It's like those three things are gonna make a coffee yeah. more or less expensive. So when I'm buying coffee, we'll often get at grading stores. Now, those are so subjective. Like, you can't just believe a grade. It's going to be amazing because it says 89 out of 100. Yeah. That's that's BS. Yeah. You have to taste coffee. You have to understand what you want to do in your menu and your and your kind of style. Yeah. But that coffee there is, like I said, for me, that's the best coffee I've ever had. It's an award-winning coffee, but it's, it's auctioned. That's why the price goes up every year. It's not because that coffee is actually costing that farmer more money to cultivate. It's just rare or no one else has it, and then you can only buy it through an auction. So that's where the price goes up. Now a lot of the other coffee, like you look at different origins, like Kenyan coffee is generally quite expensive. You and it's Costa Rican coffee and Kenyan coffee, you're gonna pay six dollars U.S. comfortably. That's like for a normal run-of-the-mill Kenyan or Costa Rican coffee. We have a Costa Rican right now that's eleven fifty, and like you wouldn't even I don't we don't even blink an eye. That's just a normal price for Costa Rica. It's uh, so different origins have different prices. Yeah. yeah. Brazil is produces, I think it's like, uh, I've heard different versions of this. Like, uh, most recently, people have said that Bruce, Brazil produces about 30% of the world's coffee. I've heard a high number of 70% they produce that much coffee. Regardless, they are the biggest producers of coffee in the world. Uh, their coffee is often generally much cheaper. Uh, it's grown at lower elevations, so it's easier to cultivate. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's not much infrastructure at 2200 meters that there is at 700 meters above sea level, Good. right? So it's easier to get. As well, they have farming practices where they use machinery. So that's like a, that's a big a big difference than hand selecting coffee. Yeah, it's a labor, right? So you start looking at like why is our coffee more more expensive? Well, we're buying something that's been more meticulously sorted. Like, have you ever had ro- a rock in a coffee bag? Have you ever seen that before? Not that I know of. That's very common in cheap coffee. Okay. Yeah. So cheap coffee is like quickly done. Often there's unripe, ripe coffee thrown in there. They mill it all down. You'll find stones. You'll find other fruit. You'll find freaking corn in there. (laughs) And that's why it just just like hasn't been sorted very well. So coffee companies will either buy a de-stoner, which is like a massive machine you put all your coffee through. That basically the coffee floats, it goes to the bottom, the rocks get sucked out, that kind of stuff. Um, But those are another $50,000, right? So you start looking at what's, what. I'd rather pay more money. Have a company do that for me and oh, buy wow. good coffee. So oh, that's mind blowing. Yeah,
1: all this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I have heard that high elevation, like
0: people have said that it's better. Is that true or no? Or yeah, so the, the, the easy way to think about it is that the higher elevation a coffee is grown at, being being a fruit plant, is often it will yield less uh, actual cherries per plant. Okay. But you'll have a higher sugar content for each of those cherries. When you're starting your when you're starting with a fresher coffee with higher sugar in it, you're able to get more flavors out more, acidity out of it. Okay. Like acidity is often very, as much as it, and actually I find acidic, acidic, that note, that taste in that word, deters a lot of people who've only ever had like say dark roast or a certain type of coffee. It sounds terrifying. Yeah. I don't want acid in my coffee. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> coffee has acids in it, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. Every, every coffee is malic and citric acid, right? It's a, so acidity, preserved acidity is actually what gives coffee a higher grade and is more sought after. There's this company workers in Italy called Gardelli, their, their motto is acidity is not a crime. Because they're in Italy, which is like the darkest yeah. roast place you could probably oh, yeah. go for coffee. And yet, they have most acidic coffees I've ever had. Yeah. It's really, uh, I find that interesting, though. I find that was cool. Yeah, so the higher elevation will give you more florals, give you more fruit flavor, more more acids, more uh, the natural sugars in the coffee. Okay. And so when people say, like, shade-grown coffee, like, what does that mean? Huh. <laughs> I love these terms, man. There are, people have, So shade-grown coffee can be that they, literally the coffee was shaded by other plants. Yeah. which means it's it fought more to get more fruit out of it now often what i interpret that as shade growing coffee is like an agroforestry term which is like essentially they're having other plants grow alongside the coffee it's yeah. not like cultivated in a way that's like meticulously organized like you're growing like a sea of green a thousand plants in under one little thing it's it's not like that it's like more wild if you will um we i prefer the term agroforestry because i'm looking for that shade growing i'm like it's kind of bullshit every coffee can be shade growing doesn't really make that much difference in the cup result it's when you have um, diversity in what you're growing, the soil gets more nutrients, gets more rich, gets more in an environment that you want coffee to grow in.
1: Okay, so that's probably just a word that, like a marketing term, almost, yeah.
0: Oh my god, coffee's full of them. Oh yeah. yeah even even like freshly roasted coffee like has to be fresh. like. Generally, we, we, a lot of our partners, I... Lot, Just
1: like every pizza joint in every town is like the best pizza in town. Of course.
0: It's like every coffee has to be fresh. No, no, like a coffee, fresh. the fresher coffee is the more carbon dioxide it's going to have in it, the more it's going to have a bit more of a bitter note to it because it's so fresh. Like we we rest coffee here. Okay. So often like when we have, we have a bag on there, we're resting it for two or three weeks before we sell it to you. Okay, and that, that
1: reminds me when you said the carbon dioxide is you taught me this. So the crema on an espresso is that the carbon dioxide yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah so i think a lot of people maybe think it's the it's the oils on top or whatever maybe it's partly the oils but it's also right.
0: partly carbon dioxide big time cool yeah so and yeah that's why when you have a really fresh coffee and you pull an espresso shot it's like entirely crema yeah you ever seen that before like i can pull a shot right off the roast and like you don't even see black it's like just all, just crema. all. okay yeah the entire and then it'll start cascading down as it, as it evaporates and then it will settle on top but it'll still be really thick so we we had um one of my fav- one of my most inspiring guys in coffee and, and please check him out his name is Patrick Rolf he owns April Coffee in Copenhagen okay this guy is incredible everything he does is amazing we got a coffee bag from him and uh, just a bag to serve here and I messaged him I was like hey it was tasting kind of bland and he was like freak you're already trying to serve that like you need to wait two months I was like, two months like I bought this coffee to serve kind of thing I was like what the hell? but uh, I trust him so I waited two months holy shit that was like, the best coffee I had this year like it was it was incredible because it had to it had to rest. The way he roasted this coffee was so light, so fresh, that it had to, like, actually delay before we did espresso. And then all of a sudden, like, all these tasting notes we got was, like, blackberry, it was nougat, it was caramel. It was, like, I'm drilling right now thinking about it. It was so good. Didn't happen until two months after roasting we got it. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Man, there's such a science behind it that I was so unaware of until I... I met you and came here. <laughs> oh, coffee is science. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And also, what I, back to being That's like That's why a, you call it epic chemistry yeah, coffee. Yeah, And I also joke that chemistry, it's the, also between people. Yeah. You know, you make chemistry when you share a beverage, share an experience, totally. share a moment with your community. We have like the three C's of our business, I call it. So our, our first one is community. And yeah. we have a mandate in how we use our money here, how we view our community here, and what community means for us. So, you know, We're in a rough part of town, so we give a lot back to Harvest House. Even in every week, at least we sponsored five families for Christmas this year at one of the schools, inner city schools. Like, and uh, we have a guy moving in our team who is moving more towards every month we want to engage with a community member. We want to engage more and celebrate more what's happening in our community. The other part is conversation. So when you bring a community into a space here we serve amazing coffee, we give an experience, hopefully it spurs some conversation about what's happening in our community, what's actually happening around coffee, what's happening on the ethicality here. And then our last word we use is contemplation. I want people to leave here with a contemplate, like a, a time to contemplate what they experience, to understand that there is a different way to enjoy a beverage like coffee or anything in the world. You know, you can take what we did here and apply it to frig mushrooms, apply it to whiskey, apply it to what you do in your routine in the morning. Like that's, that's the contemplation moment. And only through contemplation can we actually make change back to our community. And then it starts again. So that's sort of like how we see our, how we see our use, use of our business through those C's.
1: Oh yeah. That, that's cool, man. Yeah. And you're really providing a lot more meaning to what it is to drink coffee and experience coffee and just gather with people and have coffee. That's right. And meaning is so important when we attach meaning to what we do. Not only do we get better results, but we feel better.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh, we struggle so much. A lot of us are online all the time. It's uh I love it in here where I'll be in a room full of, you know, 30 people this week when we were packed in here and there's not a single cell phone out. That fires me up. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing at a cell phone. I love, my, I love my Instagram. I go on all my stuff. I'm, yeah. We all scroll. We go through our shit. But we have to find time that we're not doing that. Totally. You know, and, I, and I'm an educator. You know, I've been teaching for, for free, better part of 10 years. And I teach a lot of students in town here and uh, a lot of that middle school level. And especially through COVID, it's just driven more this, this need for them to be online all the time. Where it's an addiction. They can't you can't stop using it. I, free, I'm addicted. I'll, I'll sell it right now. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I deleted all my apps off my main screens, even though I still have them. Yeah. Because I'd be talking to you normally, and I just open my phone for no reason. I don't even want I, to oh open yeah, Instagram. Man.
1: I'm guilty. I'm like I'm I, I Jordan best am a compulsive email checker. Oh
0: my gosh. I, Connor Conway, I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> I guess, uh, so this is this is what I'm trying to create a space here that is. Don't come in here and bring yourself on out every five seconds we want you to learn how to connect again
1: yeah you want to get your dopamine from real life meaningful experiences and, and not from a device right absolutely
0: yeah I'm sorry if i seem a little preachy about that i'm just like very passionate about using the, what we do here for that
1: oh yeah man I, and a lot of people i think relate to that you know even though we all are guilty of sort of being slaves to our devices but All of us, deep down, we do desire that authentic connection in person, and to slow down. And if we're going to have coffee, have it have it at a place where you can slow down.
0: But you know, it's how many how many coffee places are doing that now? they're all they have apps now. Like Starbucks, I don't even have to talk to anyone. I can just go order on an app and go pick my drink up. Like, yeah. and most people online there are just stuck to their phones. Like it's not it's not the same. Oh. And I, I, you you put it out perfectly, Jordan. There before you're talking about like that, that Tim Hortons drinker to the Keurig to the Starbucks to something the French press at home to the next levels from there. You know that's that's the journey. That's we're, right. we're all at different parts of that. And I, I think one thing that when I when I started here that I really wanted to get home and, and maybe we can we'll, we'll start to more towards ending towards that is that this kind of coffee is for everybody. Yeah, this is not something that you have to be bougie or uptight or, or prissy to enjoy great coffee. Yeah. Everyone is worthy of great coffee and great experience and great connection, and and that's something that I, I think that the more we elevate what we do in terms of the chemistry of coffee, the roasting of coffee, the sourcing, the ethicality, it should become more and more approachable. And I find a lot of people in my industry are the opposite, where they're like, oh, you don't know about like blooming your pour over, like you're not worthy of this coffee, like f off. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather take the Tim Hortons drinker, and I have I I, I feel like I collect badges now. I have hundreds of Tim Hortons drinkers that I brought to they're all making aero presses at home now they're making pour overs on the road they have their camping kits like that is so cool to me
1: oh yeah that's awesome yeah there's more to coffee than what's just in your cup and there's more to life than what meets the eye right that's it well yeah. put, yeah. Well put. And, yeah before we end I wanted to just say a couple cool coffee facts that we never talked about yet. oh sorry so, please go ahead and going with back to the jittery thing like people who get you know find them maybe selves too anxious or too jittery with the uh, caffeine if you pair L-theanine with coffee it has a synergistic effect and helps relax you so l-theanine is like an an, an amino acid that basically just helps us relax so you can buy that supplement you know at a health food store or online or wherever and just try pairing with coffee for those who love coffee but find it makes them a little bit too jittery or if they like want to have that extra cup and don't want to feel jittery like try pairing with l-theanine another thing too is that like there's certain dna markers um that basically tell if you're a poor caffeine metabolizer or not. So some people who like say they can't have caffeine, they probably can't. They probably have that DNA marker in mm-hmm. them. Um, I don't know the DNA marker.
0: You know what's funny is uh, I actually do not metabolize caffeine very well. Oh really? Yeah, I'm one of those people.
1: Yeah. So oh really? So it just makes you wire, like oh, jittery I, and
0: I just uh, but I power through. You know. Yeah, you <laughs> I through, just, yeah. uh, no, but I, but actually it's come to the point now where I, I'm very careful what, what what coffees I choose for the day and yeah. when I have them. Uh, because I felt myself getting, it was not even jittery. I just don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really uncomfortable feeling. I actually, I'll, I'll tell the story. I had a customer. Um, this is probably, probably almost a year ago now. And, uh, his wife had come to me and said, we want to come to a coffee tasting, but my, my husband's allergic to coffee. And I was like, oh, well, of course he can come. He's in the pay. He can come and just sit down and enjoy. And she's like, yeah, but he used to drink coffee and he's fine. Now he feels all weird when he has it. And I, I started probing questions and the oils we talked about earlier that like waxiness to the coffee those little oils you get yeah that's a lot of what people get irritated by okay so people are like oh the caffeine's upsetting my stomach like, caffeine's not upsetting your stomach like it's gonna be the dirty oils you're having from over roasted coffee like so that that gentleman in question he hadn't had a coffee in 10 years and every time he'd had he had like bad reactions to it he found that he could make pour over coffees light roasted pour over coffees which have more caffeine on paper mm-hmm. he's been perfect he drinks like 3-4 coffees a day now but it's, cool. but it's a method he chose. So what the reason being that the oils get stripped by the paper filter. So the paper filter will grab all the coffee oils. Yeah. The light roasted coffee is often uh, doesn't have as much of that like carcinogens and uh, other things that have been produced in that. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, even the preparation how he's doing it, he, he's been great. Not a single reaction. And it was about finding the right method and type of coffee for him. Oh wow. Yeah, and same with people like who, who are new to cannabis or something as well. Like if you're feeling anxious and paranoid from cannabis all the time, you're probably having the wrong type of cannabis. You know, there, there is like a different, just like coffee, there's a huge spectrum yeah. out there for what you can find if you want to be a user of that, that you can find that actually works for your body. Yeah, and great. even in terms like uh, that coffee, that $400 coffee has like a third of the caffeine of a normal coffee because of the species of coffee that it is. So there's other ways you can even find, we have one on the shelf right now from our friends at Onyx that is like, is naturally half half the caffeine. Cool. Which I think is great. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. And then I know there's some types of coffees that have like double the caffeine. Yeah. Here.
0: So Robusta yeah. is what they use in the instant coffee. Uh, so there's there's a lot of species of coffee. There's species and varietals. So a lot of, there's a lot of species of coffee, like one hundred and eighty four or something species. I can't remember they are. Don't quote me on that one there. But that, we only drink about two of them. This is another species there that's been like revitalized. This expensive one, cool. which is also why the
1: friggin price goes yeah. up
0: there. Yeah. So when you order your coffee, do they tell you the species of plants too? Oh, and so they're generally all arabica. Okay. Uh, we get the varietal. I'm actually I often buy coffee based on varietal. Okay. So that's like uh like I give the the easy way to understand it is like a wine drinker likes pinot noir, like that would be maybe a pacamara. Okay. You know what I mean, or a or a bourbon, or a, a geisha, or like, like these, and also they cost different prices. Yeah. Like um, a peaberry or a geisha, like those are going to be very differently priced, just because the varietal and how the plant is grown. Wow. And there's a actually, a, I think it's in my bathroom, it, and we have a, a map of all the genetics. Uh, it's really cool to see. You can actually see like all the different coffee genealogies, where they come from, and why they're created. Uh, there's only there's really only two places in the world that create coffee like phenotypes and new new types of coffee.
1: Wow, man. That's mind blowing.
0: Yeah. And they're often for disease purposes, like coffee and humans, we're both very susceptible to disease. Okay. So this is where like coffee, like, uh, I'll give you an example of Mexico, uh, Mexico's coffee industry got eradicated in like 2013 and it was a disease called coffee rust that basically hit all their crops, destroyed their coffee industry there. Now, a good thing happened there where at that time it had moved to being like held by huge companies and they started selling off little plots of land back to like the, the, the small business owners. Uh, so now the coffee is being cultivated differently. And uh, Red Fox Coffee Merchants are one of these guys in the States that are there in Oakland. They do amazing work in Mexico. And they're, they're honoring a lot of like the, the indigenous tribes that are there who are growing coffee. They're highlighting them and stuff. It's, it's phenomenal to watch their journey. If you go on Red Fox Coffee Merchants, they have, um, they call it the foxhole every Friday. And they'll highlight amazing indigenous workers in Mexico and the work they do in Mexico and Peru.
1: Oh man, you know a lot about coffee.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's what I do. Yeah, that's yeah. it's, like, it's, cool. It's something I love. Come yeah,
1: on. I love hearing it. Um, yeah, I guess like CBD is also another thing you can pair with coffee too. Just back to the
0: really, eh? Yeah, it. yeah.
1: CBD is really good to pair with coffee because I mean, well, CBD is just like the part of like the hemp plant that's non psychoactive. That's it. That, yeah, that we already have like an endo- endocannabinoid system within us, and you know. When you pair it with coffee it can like help relax you but you still get like that energy from the caffeine i take cbd every yeah. day Everybody, oh really yeah oh yeah. yeah oh yeah man it makes a big makes a big difference and i've also heard for some people too like those who are poor at um metabolizing caffeine is when you pair it with like a little bit of fat that they actually find like the, the bulletproof or fat coffees um to be helpful because i guess i don't know the way the caffeine blends with the fat, like you almost—it almost, it almost like releases slower into the body. Right. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So. I didn't if, know that at all. Yeah. So for those who don't know what um, bulletproof coffee or fat coffee is, it's basically just like you take your coffee, usually like a French press, probably do a pour over too. Yep. And uh, you just put a little bit of, usually, well, grass-fed butter. Or ghee, ghee is the best yeah. but ghee is the best ghee yeah. is the best and then some people add empty tea oil empty tea oil to it and you can add like I don't know lion's mane or whatever else you want in it but generally like what I like for flavor wise is just like ghee and you know french press
0: like it's and you with the flavor too guys. that's what you nail the ghee is the best flavor yeah people done coconut oil you can find people put like six seven things into it too um but yeah, no, I find ghee is by far the best, and I, I metabolize the best as well. That's yeah. A, oh
1: yeah, 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 oh, yeah. So you you've experienced it yourself then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah,
0: cool. I was into that. I was in a huge kick for that. Oh really? I'm uh, I'm less into it now myself. Yeah. Just because yeah. I'm. It's funny. Like my my coffee purpose has changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm often like I'll put myself in a work mode, or I'm in like true like yeah. trying to disconnect mode. It's like either one of the two. So it's less about like a a suppressant for me, appetite suppressant or that kind of stuff. So I'm. I'm often more like really excited to taste like exactly what this coffee tastes like and dial this in, as opposed to adding something to it myself. That's just that's just personal. That's not. I would never recommend a customer to do what I'm doing. You know, yeah,
1: uh, I think I go through phases myself. Like sometimes I just really enjoy that ghee and coffee, and other and other times I just like it black. Like just it makes like, it. It feels buttery.
0: Yeah, I mean, the mouth feels wonderful.
1: It does. Yeah, people think it's nuts when you're like they're like butter and coffee. Well, I'm like, well, do you put milk in coffee? Because. Butter is just basically a step above milk, and then well, ghee is a step above butter. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. perfect, yeah, perfect way to put it.
0: Yeah. Do you do you, have, do you always drink coffee black, or you do you like coffee with milk and cream?
1: Uh, I never put milk and cream in it, but I do. Uh, yeah, I put um, ghee sometimes, like you know, like almond milk or soy or oat milk, if if I want a latte. Right. Yeah. But most times it's it's black or ghee. Right. With like espressos. Is black. I'll put a little cinnamon in it. I learned cinnamon in it. I learned that in Cuba. Yeah. I backpacked Cuba in 2019. And we were like hammocking around in the middle of nowhere. And we stayed with like a Cuban friend. And he was all, they're all about the espressos. And they all put um, cinnamon and a a lot of sugar in it. I I wasn't about the sugar, but I did enjoy the cinnamon aspect. And that's,
0: let's be honest, that's really taken from the original way they, they drink coffee. When you look at like a lot of the Islamic ways of drinking coffee, it's like with star anise, cardamom. You know, if you look at in different countries in Northern Africa will have a different spice they use in the bottom that they'll brew right into. Yeah. Really cool. It's uh, and, and that's delicious, by the way. There can be absolutely delicious versions of it. It's uh, Yeah, so the star anise is really cool. Cardamom is great. And they'll yep. brew literally right onto that. Cool. Yeah, so we'll do, I can do the same pour over, but I'll put like some cardamom in the bottom there and we'll brew into it. Yeah, that might be cool to try sometime. Oh my gosh, yes. You ever had Turkish coffee? Uh, Describe tur- Turkish coffee. Turkish menu? coffee is, is the finest grind of coffee. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, it can be done in a little copper pot, often on the line of a sure. long stick. What they'll what they'll do is they'll they'll put the coffee in there. Traditionally done, you might see online. There's like a sandbox with a fire underneath that heats the sand up. Yeah. So they put the copper thing descended in the sand. They'll move it around a little bit there, and you'll see it like foam hit the foam off. They pour it, now. They pour it through a filter. Before you'd pour it into a new cup, and you get like a lot of grit and grime. They pour it through a filter now. It's like the it's very strong. Very very strong. Yeah, I've I've never tried one. I'll have to try one sometime. Oh, Turkish coffee's cool, man. I also like copper things, so it's pretty next level to have like a copper brewer at home. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a sand pit though. I think my my son would be pretty pissed if I took away a sand pit. But yeah, well, it was funny when I was in Cuba because
1: he thought you know we were crazy for just wanting big cups of coffee because they're they're so used to having the espressos, you know that's just their thing, and uh, you know we're so westernized and like just to like have all these materialistic items I guess and just have big things all the time and like we have this like limiting belief that like bigger is better and ultimately like um coffee it's almost like we over consume coffee by always going for big cups number one and number two what's interesting about it is like when you have just an espresso you're almost like forced to enjoy it more Mm. even though it's like a tiny cup you're just like you're appreciating it more than you would like a full cup because the full cup you know a lot of people just like you know they'll go get their tim hortons extra large and not even think about
0: it terrifies me
1: you're just like yeah it was a terrifying thought but when you're having like a little espresso it's like oh man i'm gonna make this last you're consciously deciding to make this last little a little, bit sips, longer. little things yeah so i really appreciate that aspect and so
0: well i, I think we're, we're the only place in the world that has big coffees yeah there is nowhere else that does this yeah there's not, there's not, you want to terrify an italian man from italy like or woman, you know, bring bring oh, them, yeah. a, bring them a freaking extra large coffee. Like, what's this dirty soup water you're bringing me? Like, it's a, uh, I don't, I, I don't get that either. I don't, I don't ever drink more than like, like what you saw me drink right now. Like that, that's how I enjoy coffee. Yeah, it's like literally like 150 mils. Oh yeah, little one here. Yeah, and plus it's also fun for me. I can make another one later on. Like, yeah. it's, uh you just change your recipe. That's all it is. Yeah, it's all recipes. You know, it's uh
1: That's right. You can yeah. enjoy it more that way. Um. Well, yeah, man. Frig, I appreciate you sitting down and having a
0: conversation with me. It was awesome. This was so much fun, man. It was. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime.
1: It was. Yeah, we will for sure. Yeah, if we can think of some more stuff
0: to talk about yeah, coffee yeah. or whatever. <laughs> oh, I, I will never run out of stuff to talk it, about it doesn't, coffee. It, it
1: sounds like it. Sounds like you won't. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll post your links to the description so people can find you and buy your coffee and all that jazz. And... Oh,
0: wicked! Thank you so much, man.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, yeah. man.
0: And thanks for sharing with me. This is great. Nice connection. Nice
1: connection. That's how I Indeed. like it.